Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Good. Now we're recording. So you guys missed out on six minutes of delicious banter between the two of us because somebody didn't turn Martin's microphone on. The somebody was me. I was the somebody. But now we're good. Now we're good. Martin's here with his velvety smooth DJ, midnight DJ voice telling you, get on with the night, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know what we all up, covered. Huh? We covered the fact that it's ridiculous that they can't, it took them fucking 674 days to figure out the election in, in Arizona. You told us how it's totally on purpose and they're all fucking debaucherous human beings, devil spawn that are trying to rig elections. Yep, conspiracy theory number one. I pulled out the, uh, what was my quote? Don't assume malice when simple incompetence will explain the problem. Oh, yes, and I'm trying to say that. Try to apply simple incompetence to decades of California voting. Oh. I don't think so there, buddy. Oh, yeah, and then uh, we still have four listeners in California, so we got to believe in California a little bit. That's where we went with that one. <laughs> 
We have like yeah. we have like a thousand in Venezuela and four in California, so that's and good. Going back, my quote for the day is: "If it's walks like a duck, smells like a duck, quacks like a duck, probably a damn duck." If I had a box and I put it up to your nose, would you be able to distinguish the smell of a duck? No, but if I went up to a duck and smelled it, it probably smelled like a duck. How do you? How would you even verify that it smelled like a duck? I don't know. I can tell you what cooked Peking duck <laughs> smells like. <laughs> Ooh, good cooked duck is delicious. Yeah, you know the the old Chinese uh, storefronts where they got the hanging Peking duck. You can smell that. How crazy is it that animals like smell like shit when they live, but then they smell so delicious when they're cooking? <laughs> Like, when you brine them up and yeah, season them, yeah, like what? A, yeah, what a that's, that's a little difference. difference. Yeah, what a drastic difference. You like smell a pig farm, and you're like, oh, that's the most disgusting thing I ever smelled. And then bacon is like <laughs> the most amazing thing you ever smelled. Uh, yeah, it's like the uh, I had a pound of grass fed beef with uh, eggs mixed to this morning. It's like, man, I pulled that out of the package. It's like, ooh, like that beef didn't smell the greatest, but no, cook, cook it up and smelled a little, uh, smelled a little, a little, a little gamey. Yeah, it smelled a little gamey. Yeah, grass-fed beef does smell a little gamey, especially if they don't. So the thing with the grass-fed beef is it takes like four to five times as long to finish them. Yeah. Because they just don't put on fat because they're not eating. They're just eating grass. Yeah. Um, so if they don't do it, if they still try to rush it, they get a little gamey other than just like slowly. It's kind of like it's kind of like we talked about being a vegan the other day, right? Like you can be a healthy vegan. It just takes a lot of work. Yeah. That's kind of like grass-fed beef. Like you can have good grass-fed beef. But it takes a lot more work because you have to be feeding them so many different grasses to make up for the nutrients they're not getting in the grains. Yeah. It definitely has got a smell to it. But once you cook it up, delicious. So side note here, you see all these, you see all these proteins and all these supplements that are like grass-fed beef protein, grass-fed this beef collagen, grass-fed. You ever see that? Yeah. 100% marketing gimmick. Because the only difference between a grass-fed beef and a grain-fed beef is the fat profile. So there's a ratio of good fats to bad fats. And in a grass-fed beef, the ratio is a much, leans much higher towards the good fats than the bad fats. Yeah. Well, in, in, in a protein powder, a collagen powder, a bunch of these other powders, a bunch of these other supplements, there is no fat. So there is no healthy fats versus unhealthy fats. You're literally just purchasing it. Now, if, if that's the only reason you're buying it, you're getting hosed. Yeah. Now, if, you're, if it just happens to be a marketing speak that they're, that they're using, like Jocko's stuff is really good, but he advertises grass-fed beef, protein, you know, grass-fed whey protein. Well, that, there's not really any difference. Right. Yeah, collagen, uh, just, I'm jury's still out on it, whether it's good for, you know, bones, skin, and hair. So, here's the thing. How it digests, I don't know. When you break it, well, when you break the, the real science, when you, when you start to get deep into the science of collagen, there is one type of collagen supplement that actually makes it to the joints and the tendons. Now, I'm saying that, and I can't remember what the exact name of it is, but it is one specific form of collagen. It is not a, it's not a collagen powder. It's a supplement. Is it it, would, be, it would be a pill form. Um, it wasn't like that. It was like uh, the, the, the scientific backbone, the chemical backbone of this specific collagen. Um, and I'll, I'll try to look it up and put it in the notes here. I'm going to make a note right now. It's not the it type in. you put in a syringe and uh, stick in your lips? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but like. Actually, I don't know if that's actually done. But I keep hearing there's like collagen plumping or something. Collagen injections. Yeah, that's a real thing. But Damn. as far as like putting collagen, it, collagen protein in a shake or collagen using collagen proteins, you're really just adding a less 
um, perfect form of protein powder to whatever you're drinking. Yeah. Like a whey isolate um, and some, some vegan proteins have the perfect blend of amino acids. So all proteins are made up of amino acids. Amino acids make up peptides. Peptides make up proteins. And there's a certain ratio of amino acids that our body uses to create muscle. And if you are eating the perfect ratio of that or as perfect as possible, then you're getting the best blend of amino acids to make up our proteins. Collagen is not that. So if you're replacing, you know, 10 grams of your protein powder when it could be a whey isolate and you're replacing it with a collagen, you're giving your body a less beneficial protein makeup. Yeah. I mean, if you're using collagen to supplement for apparently, you know, like I said, bones, hair, and skin health, but you can't use it as, you know, I'll never mix it with my post-workout protein shake and say, oh, that's the 18 grams of protein I need to recover. Yeah. Because you're never going to get that from the, from the collagen. But like I said, jury's still out. <clears throat> Maybe uh, what you're saying is there's a chemical makeup of it that's, or I've tried the marine, uh, I've got some bovine. I, I've never had anything, I guess, significant, any significant difference in my health from it. So, I, I feel like so much is like that, though. Right? Like so many of the things we take, it's like you don't necessarily notice a short term. So I like, think of that's like a hard one to talk, to say. Yeah. But you ha- when that happens, you have to trust in the science. And the science behind collagen as far as that protein is, other than this one type, which I'm literally trying to find while we talk, um, other than this one type, it just does not, um, it doesn't play out. The, the science isn't yeah. there. It's not beneficial. Yeah, I've taken the, um, the bovine powder probably for three years and then taken the marine for a couple of years, the pill form, which you got to take like five horse pills to get down. And like I said, right now I'm just kind of clearing out the bovine and then we'll see. You see two undenatured type 2 collagen undenatured type 2 collagen that Hmm. is the collagen that the sciences actually backs up makes it to the skin the joints the tendons stuff like that undenatured undenatured type 2 yep so there is a supplement from legion athletics called fortify which is a joint supplement which has all of the science-based um, best forms of all these things. And it has that, it has Boswellia, it has arginine, uh, Mariva, which is literally just makes a, it's a bioavailable curcumin and then vitamin C. Hmm. Interesting, man. So that's the, that, that undenatured type two collagen is the only one that, that science shows actually makes it anyway sidetrack whoa we just try that but hey anyway on a side deep into that one on a side note examine.com is a good website if you want to look up supplements and look at the the studies behind a lot of the supplements i'm a dork i go straight to pubmed oh pubmed yeah i go i go straight i go straight to the source but those are really hard to read like i'm still working on learning i'm still learning on the the n of one and the all the different scientific speak yeah. Trying, to, trying to teach myself how to read those better. Because <laughs> like part of them, right, you'll read exactly how the study is done. Mm-hmm. You can read the outcome of the study, and then you'll get a conclusion. And the conclusion usually makes sense. But the out, it'd be nice to be able to understand the whole thing so that I can actually break down like what makes sense to me. Yeah. 
So yeah, right. I'm kind of like the 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 Huberman side where it's all dumbed down into uh, examine.com. Yeah, I mean Huberman goes pretty deep into the PubMed stuff too, but he at least he translates it to us commoners. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's a really good dude. Um, we talked about the fat dude that fell off the Coast Guard that fell off the Carnival cruise ship. Yep, and we're asking, hours. like, how in the hell do you fall off a cruise ship? But I guess if you drink enough. Oh, that's when I sang. Damn it, I can't do it again. It won't be natural. You guys missed it. In the first recording of this first six minutes, I got to sing The Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Oh. Now you guys are all going to wonder. You're going to be like, shit, we missed out. Paul's scientific uh, explanation to why people fall off a cruise ship is they pretend to reenact the Titanic scene. Or what's his name, Jack? Jack. Jack and what's her face? Uh, I don't know. All I remember is Rose? that was like, I think that I think might have been Rose. the first good set of boobs that I ever saw in a movie theater. <laughs> Seriously. Did she actually bear young. him in the movie? What? She actually buried him in the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Wasn't he like painting her or something? Yeah. Or Paint something? me like one of your French girls. Um, Kate Winslet? Is that right? Yeah, Kate Winslet. That was, because how, when did this, when did the Titanic come out? Gosh. That had to have been like. 94 that was uh that was vcr days yet look at those cute look at those uh, cute little blonde nipples she's got that's right i pulled it up already i'm i'm not even i wanted to know what year the titanic came out (laughs) (laughs) you want to know what year it came out and you looked up her her nipples a squirrel squirrel i got distracted Oh, anyways, Titanic came out in 1997. Eh, so I was 13, so I'd probably seen boobs before yeah, that's, that. Yeah, that's the VCR era. I'd seen, I'd seen boobs before that, but those were nice. Um, But yeah, the dude falls off the freaking cruise ship and just hangs out in the Gulf of Mexico for 20, 20 hours. 20 hours, which is hard to believe. I mean, that's why I said he's a fat dude. I don't. I haven't seen a picture of this man, but if he floated for 20 hours, I, I don't think you're you're not bobbing for 20 hours. I'm not floating for 20 hours. It just back floated for 20 hours or something, man. I don't know. Maybe he took a nap. Saltwater, though. Saltwater's easier to float in. Well, yeah, but it's still your... It's not like the... Unless it was just super calm ocean, but, man, for 20 hours. Oh, that's wow. true. If it, got, if it got wild. Yeah. Surprised. Oh, uh, Can you imagine how fucking scary it is being in the middle of the ocean not in, knowing if you're ever dark. gonna get saved in the middle of the night yeah i feel like during the day you can kind of make it through like it's gonna be hot right but you're most of you in the water like you're like okay man yeah. the brain has to get into real dark fucking places at about one in the morning yeah thinking your fish food yeah just like every <laughs> every single like flap of water right because you get those kind of like that yep. of water you hear that and you're like what the fuck is that you got the jaws playing in the back oh of your mind. Oh, my God. Oh, freaked out. That's yeah, I don't crazy. think I'd, I'd, I mean, hopefully I'd never fall off a cruise ship, but hopefully I wouldn't. That is not. Well, you don't get stupid enough to fall off a cruise ship. Yeah. <laughs> and we were talking, there's no way he was drunk. Because there's no way he's making it 20 hours. Yeah. Unless I guess. That, unless that's how he made it, unless he's a good back floating drunk dude. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I mean, you just don't know. Good point. Would you would you try to swim? You can't swim anywhere. What would you do? I don't know how far out he was. I don't know. I mean, they're on a cruise ship, so he's in the middle of the fucking Gulf. Yeah. There's no way you're going to swim to anything. I don't know anything. how far, they, the far they we're out. No clue. Ugh. I just don't even know what I would do. I guess. You just fuck. You just, you just go float, until you can't I go guess. anymore. Yeah. That's it. You just don't sign off. Yep. Um, 
some dark, some you know, not to get darker, but some darker shit. Did you see the video from that Brazil school shooting? Uh, no. They've got full video of dude coming in, running in, firing up the school. Uh, Byron Rogers has a great breakdown on it, but it's I mean it's like high def. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I just it, I tend to shut off the news now. It's just in the past few days, it's just been terrible. It's just the minute something happens. I mean, what what happened when the school shooting came out? What did they do? The news basically assumed it was some mega right wing, you know, ultra conservative type that goes in to shoot a bunch of libs. And what does it turn out to be? Basically, the guy was a, you know, flamboyant lib. Yeah. And I think there's more to it. I don't know if he was uh, gender confused or whatnot, but after that, I was just like, you know what? It's not falling I mean, in for that. I mean, and and gun safety, um, gun laws are pretty strict in Brazil. Minimum age of 25. Um, everything has to be registered and permitted. And you're not really allowed to carry outside of your house. So, I mean, this is... It's not like you can start. It's not like you can start preaching gun laws. Hey, gun control must work then, huh? (laughs) Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like that's the first thing I always go to is like, what are the gun laws there? Because if something happens in a country that has fairly strict gun laws, that's like an exact example of how they don't work, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's like every shooting, right? It's it's in a gun-free zone. It's in a state that where the the gun laws are. Well, I mean, except for the one in, you know, Uvalde, Texas, obviously. But it was on a gun-free zone, right? School. So I think there's so much evidence that this is just getting old. And they're just going to use it as a political point. Notice how everything has died down now because, what, they're not going after legislation. Election's over. So just got to wait till 2024 and all this stuff will start popping up again in volumes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it always happens, right? Yep. I know there was a there was a Thanksgiving letter I saw from the White House that had something to do with gun control. Um what is that when he pardoned the two turkeys? Is that gun control? No, it was uh was that this year? I was trying to find it. I just saw a screenshot of it. But yeah, basically it's it's a Thanksgiving letter, right? Yeah. And we automatically go to like gun control. And it's like shut the fuck up, dude. Like it's Thanksgiving. How's Thanksgiving gun control? I don't know. I'm trying, to, go I'm, back trying to, to, I'm trying to pull it up because it was ridiculous. I did not hear that one. So you didn't see that one? I don't know. This is was. the problem with not having social media on my fucking regular phone. When I need to find something, it just does I can't find it. Oh, was it about we need to go back to the musket age or something? No high-capacity mags? <laughs> I believe it said all... Um, semi-automatic weapons in the where the way that it was worded in his in his letter, but whatever. I'm I'm over. I'm past it. Can't find it. I'm out. CBS News. Oh, I hate to even click on it. Well, and that's CBS the thing. Is... It'd be best if it just showed the freaking letter, but it doesn't show the letter. I I ch- clicked on that one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We have uh, we have such an emotional reaction to anything, and nobody, not nobody, but a majority of people are completely unable to understand the mass amount of volume of people that we have in this country. When you start to talk about 300 million people, that means that 
1% of people, let's say 1% are completely deranged, completely fucked up, psychopath, sociopaths, completely deranged and able to do something like this. That means that 30,000 people, right? Is that right? Yeah. 30,000 people are completely fucked up. If we break that down by by 50 states. Let's get let's get real fucking let's get real deep into this. 30,000 divided by 50. That means that each state in the union has 600 completely fucked up degenerate human beings that are able to do massive amounts of damage. Yeah. That's wild to think about. You know? Yeah. It just and that's the part that nobody has any ability to, t- to try to really understand. That's why it's so important to be trained and prepared for anything. Because I mean, the, there is the possibility. I mean, I just go driving down Main Street and I'm like, geez, I don't think it's 30,000. I think it's like 75% of the people are nuts. So, well, so that's what so I'm saying, like that 1%, that 1% that's just super fucked, right? Like, I'm not talking about. About the the average like weird useless yeah, person, not, not right? Job. Just go to Walmart. People of Walmart, right? Oh my Is god, that Walmart still but, up? So I I talk a lot of shit about Walmart. I'm sure people of Walmart are still up. What a great song! If you've never heard the song, go on YouTube, listen to the song. It's awesome. It by Young whatever, Young Hung. Young Gravy? No, <laughs> it's not gravy. Young Gravy. No, there's a People of Walmart song. You've never heard it? No. Oh, dude, it's good. Like I'm not even joking. It's it's, it's good. This it's like is, a Spotify. Song. It's like a remake, right? Or, or it's like a, you know, it's like a, it's like YouTube funny comedy song, but oh. talking about people at Walmart, and it's like, and it has the video that if you watch it on YouTube, it has like pictures from Walmart that go along with the song, with all the people and all their ridiculous like, no clothes, too many clothes, weird outfits, like it's it, it's it's good, it's it's a good you know three minute funny haha for your day. Wow. But with all the shit I talk about Walmart, I have to preface this with. Walmart in a big town because Walmart in smaller areas where that's where anybody goes, it's a lot less weird because everybody has to go there. But when you're in a town like ours, there's a lot of other choices. <laughs> so yeah. then you get the people of Walmart that are Ooh. real people of Walmart. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people in our town actually go to Walmart to hang out on a weekend night. Well, there's really nothing better to do. Let's get dressed up at the Walmart. Get some Subway sandwiches and walk around, find shit we don't need. Anyway. Um, we probably should get into the actual topic for today since I have 4,000 words of notes and you have another fucking page or two. So with this season, we wanted to sort of break down, highlight, and hack stress anxiety and what I called seasonal depression, but it's, there's actually a real medical term for this shit called seasonal affective disorder. I had no idea there was a real term and they've been actually studied pretty well. So should we start with stress? Let's start with stress. You want you, why don't you open it up with, cause I, 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 I agree. I like your, your breakdown of the different types of stress or the different lengths of stress. All right, well, I'm going to, so uh, 
from what I've I've learned about stress and how to deal with stress, obviously is, you know, some stuff that, you know, we've talked about or, you know, some stuff that's been researched, but also, you know, this is going to apply to a, a lot of you guys that, you know, know that we've been through kind of the gauntlet. So this will come from the military side. So, so when they break down stress, especially on that side, there's three types of stress, right? They, they call it the, um, or low end stress or acute stress, which is considered healthy for you. Uh, there's a medium, you know, size stress, which means like getting stressed for, for days and maybe, you know, a couple of weeks, kind of like up to a couple of weeks. Yeah. Equivalent to, Hey, this is busy season for your job. Yep. So that's going to up the stress level. That's yep. medium level stress. And then there's chronic stress, which, okay, we got to, you know, put a plan together to try to, you know, mitigate this and, and help you come out of it. So those, those are the three types of stress that, that I'm talking about. And stress, like when we say stress, we need to really specify good stress, bad stress, because stress, as far as the actual physical reaction in your body, there's no difference. Your body has no idea, has no idea the difference between a good emotional stressor, a bad emotional stressor, a good physical stressor, a bad physical stressor. Stressor is literally just a series of actions that causes a cascade of environmental changes in your body. So a short stressor is a positive thing to the point that Wim Hof breathing, you know what Wim Hof breathing is? Yeah. So to the point that Wim Hof breathing under a full scientific review was shown to reduce or completely get rid of the uh, symptoms felt during an E. coli injection. So they actually sat these people down, taught them the Wim Hof breathing, the Wim Hof breathing, which is like a, basically they would call it like an over oxygenation or a, um, what is that called? When you got to breathe in the bag, hyperventilation. Yeah. Basically, it's basically purposeful hyperventilation. So it would be like you breathe in as hard as you can breathe in, and then you just relax. You don't actually exhale, but you relax. And the way that your chest works, that exhales some. And then you do that again probably like 15 times in a row. And then you release everything and then hold your breath. And that would be like one repetition of Wim Hof breathing. And what this does is this actually elicits the short-term or the acute stress response. And when the stress response happens, it triggers these the sympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system is a chain of neurons that run from our basically our cerebral cerebrum all the way down our spine. And when we encounter a stressor, these nerves become activated and they release acetylcholine. Now, acetylcholine is the chemical or the neurochemical that makes muscles work. So your heart is a muscle, your lungs are a muscle, your physical body, everything that moves your body is muscles, right? These are all muscles. And this acetylcholine it makes the muscles move in specific areas. So it will elevate your heart rate. It elevates your immune system, makes your lungs more capable, I guess. And what it, and then it does the opposite in parts of your body that are not needed. So your digestive system goes to as slow as it possibly can go without being unhealthy. You, a lot of people during stress, acute stress, notice dry mouth. That's because your salivary glands shut down or come close to shutting down because that's not something that you need. Basically, if you think about this, this is an evolutionary trigger that your body would use to fight or flight. 
only the systems that are needed for fighting off a disease, fighting off a predator, or running, chasing some sort of a, um, an animal to try to kill it. These are the only things that are active. Yeah. So what that does is it is to the, it is to the most extreme positive point that when Wim Hof taught these people to activate their sympathetic nervous system by this Wim Hof breathing, they were actually able to get injected with an E. coli injection. Their body took in the injection, fought it off, and these people felt barely anything or no symptoms. And this was done, I believe, in a Stanford lab. It wasn't Stanford, yes. It was a Stanford lab. Got okay. the same, uh, yeah. So this was done in a, in, a, in a laboratory setting. So this isn't just, this isn't hearsay. This isn't stuff like, oh, I know. I mean, Wim Hof has done some amazing things. He has the underwater, under ice swimming record. He ran through like Death Valley with no shoes on. Like he's done some crazy things just with Wim Hof breathing. But those are all N of one, right? So it's one person that has done them. And they're all very much a, a, a hearsay item. Like, you know, he did this, but who's, who's to say that somebody else could do it with this? This is literally a group of people that he taught this to be able to activate the sympathetic nervous system to cause this stress response. And we're able to fight off E. coli. Yeah. Like that's how positive stress can be. So I don't want this podcast to start out and be like, stress is bad because stress is bad in certain moments. Yeah. I mean, we're on the same wavelength here because that's why we talk about there's, you have to identify what acute stress is or low level stress. Because what it does, it's like exercise, right? So stress response is what your body does no matter what. So stress response is good if you can exercise it on these, quote, low level, if you want to call it that, or we just call it acute. Short term. Short yeah. term. And like with that, that E. coli injection, what they did was they basically injected a bacteria into the system, right? And how the body works is bacteria goes in your system and your body's first stress response is, for example, your spleen. Your spleen basically emits cells when it notices there's bacteria in the body and it emits cells to go basically kill the bacteria. So it's great for your body to basically be exercising and utilizing your organs that you're hopefully taking care of well to basically fight off this bacteria and then therefore you have no symptoms where the bacteria is not taking over your body. So so like you're going back to Wim Hof, um, which which is cool because Wim Hof basically I think was that the breathing method basically kind of is the grandfather of all to, these other to methods. Me breathing I think is what it originally was. Yes, what it that's originated sort of, as, yeah. right? Where now it's a it, it what it basically means is it's it's a real time response. So if you're under just you know acute stress or let's say it may be something uh, you know the day's gone shitty and everything's going bad and everything is triggering you and. And it gets to a point where it shows like um, you could drop something on the ground and it just compiles to a day where you feel like you're overstressed. That's acute stress. That's where, you know, what I've learned is that whatever the Wim Hof method was, so what I've learned is that you take two deep breaths through your nose, through your nasal cavity, because that's how you should be breathing. Like when you're running, you should be breathing through your nose. If you're a mouth breather, that means you're in trouble. And then... After you take those two big deep breaths, then you slowly exhale from the mouth. And what that does is basically lowers your your heart rate and literally calms your body down. So that's not the actual Wim Hof breathing. What you're talking about is these um, physiological sighs. That's, yeah. what you're, that's what you're talking about. So this is actually the opposite of Wim Hof breathing. This would be how you would... 
this is this would be how you would count counteract stress in a system where you want to control the stress yeah right? so let's say yeah. somebody cuts you off in traffic all of your stress hormones elevate you get that kind of hot clammy fucking furious pissed off your heart rate is going a million miles an hour this what you're talking about which the best way you guys the best way to explain this is like when you were a little kid or you if you have a little kid and they're crying they yeah. do that kind of <sighs> That's yeah. that is a physiological sigh. So that's what Martin's talking about right now. That is everything to calm you down. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So I mean, the Wim Hof is basically your Wim Hof is the opposite, inducing that heat. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. But for our listeners, yeah, when you're going through stress, and you know, I hate that you brought up the driving thing because sometimes I like to let myself get there for a while. Before I calm down, <laughs> I get it right. So my my best way to that that I wanted to really hit on this portion of the stress is like this is this is my one of my favorite Rogan lines from way early in his podcast. You know, first few hundred episodes when most of the people didn't even know who the fuck he was, and it's like a hammer, right? Stress is like a hammer. It's like a tool. It, you you can build a house with a hammer, or you can hit yourself in the fucking dick with a hammer. Like that's how stress needs to be looked at. Stress is a tool. If we, if we learn to control the stress, right, between the two ways, if we want to elevate that stress response because we feel like maybe we're getting sick or maybe we need that stress response because we're trying to go into some sort of competition, right, and we want that, we want that elevated system. So let's, that, yeah. that's when we think about the Wim Hof breathing. That's when we think about the hyper-oxygenation or the, uh, or, the, or the purposeful breathing, right? And anything that, that you want to elevate you, the inhales are concentrated on, right? Uh, but da, 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 da. yes, the inhales are longer. They're slower. You're, you're, you're concentrating more on the inhales and the exhales kind of a short, quick, you know, burst. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's elevating your system. That's the Wim Hof system. Well, okay. We learned that one way. This is building the house one way. This is, you know, this is, it, this is hitting a nail with, with the hammer. Right. And then, well, sometimes we, we fuck a nail up, right. And we, we need to calm down. Right. And so that's the backside of the hammer where we're going to pull the nail out of the board because yeah. we need it gone. And that is the opposite. That's the that's the paras- the physiological sigh that that Martin was talking about. That's that kind of that two quick breaths and then a slow exhale. And anything, anytime that we're concentrating on the exhale, that's going to slow our system down. And the way that the, this is all done through the kind of pressure on our diaphragm. So it's re- it's really cool. The diaphragm is one of the only things that is not one of the only things. One of the very few systems in our body that are conscious and unconscious. We don't have to think about breathing. We go to sleep. We're running. Our diaphragm speeds up. That increases the the speed of our lungs. Right. This is this is we we can completely forget about it and it keeps going. But yeah. we also have perfect control over it. I can make myself take a giant inhalation breath and then slowly exhale. I have that control. We don't have that control over our over our our, our digestion. We don't have that control over our um, our heart rate, like we don't, we, we, we have that physical muscular control over our diaphragm so that then that's how we use that when there's a lot of exhalation pressure, it makes the heart shrink that sends certain signals to the brain. When there's a lot of inhalation pressure that makes the heart expand and that sends certain signals to the brain. These are all functional systems that work back and forth that make these two different amazing, you know, hammer abilities, these amazing tool abilities when we're dealing with stress. Yeah. I mean, a great example is uh, when you're at the gym, right? 
you're, you're not trying to calm yourself down when you basically got 300 and some pounds on your chest. So what do you do? You're taking a lot of quick, you know, intake of oxygen, quick breaths in to power that thing up. Yep. So, and we're, that, and what that does is that causes a, an, an epinephrine response, which is adrenaline. It's generally referred to as dr- adrenaline inside the brain and it's referred to as epinephrine outside the brain. So yeah. that causes an adrenaline epinephrine response that basically makes you able to fight off a fucking bear. Yeah. You know, this is, these are all physiological evolutionary triggers that we have. Yep. But, you know, another example of the physiological where, you know, you're trying to get people to calm down, um, uh, my, my son, you know, and you can do that with your kids real easy because this is real time solutions and it works. So my son had really bad, you know, pregame anxiety for all of his football games. And, you know, I started teaching him, I was like, you know what, it's, it's not, you don't have asthma. You're, you're not, you know, having crip, you know, crippling anxiety. Just, you know, start doing this breathing technique. And then he started doing it. And within one game, it was gone. But, you know, he had to, he had to just remember to just, hey, when he starts feeling like that, just to do that. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, it's, it's not as big as I, you know, big as I thought a problem that I thought it'd be. And then he was ready to go. So, so this is real time, good solutions. You can try, you know, right away. Um, and like these I are, said. these are all to act, to actively improve or reduce the acute or short term stress responses. Yes. When we start to talk about mid length and chronic stress, these are all, there are things we can do to physiologically or, or, or um, physically change those and improve those. But we need to really look at the external when it starts to come to those things, right? Because those things are, whether it's, whether it's physical stress that is chronic or it is emotional stress that is chronic, we, something in our environment is causing these things. Right. And at some point you have to, you know, People have different stress thresholds, and that threshold is is built up by whether you can raise that threshold or you can just stay very comfortable in your life. And the thing is, that threshold doesn't stay where it is. That threshold becomes lower and lower and lower. So you have to exercise that threshold, unfortunately. I mean, this is this is the kid that was on the internet crying on Instagram or TikTok about an eight-hour workday at Starbucks. Oh, you see I this kid? I didn't see that kid. No. Oh my god! If you guys haven't seen this kid, An eight-hour work. I didn't at even know. I didn't know what this was about until Marissa Loren, who, thank God, she's she's awesome. I love her. Um, she posted a post that said, "I hope if you're crying on the internet about your job at Starbucks, I hope your life gets a lot worse." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" So I looked it up. Oh, it is it is a it is a joy of a video. I'll try to give you guys. I'll, I'll pull out my best my best actor my best uh, Hollywood actor here, and I'll give you guys the short clip of this video. (laughs) This is why Starbucks needs a union. I have, I am a full-time student, and I have worked a full eight-hour day at Starbucks. This is why we need a union. I need a break. Wow. Oh yeah, it's pretty darn good acting. Did Thanks, you rehearse buddy. that? Thanks. Thanks. Wow, did you rehearse in the mirror today? No, I didn't. That was a pulling it off of memory, and it's been like it's been like a month since I've seen that video. So there's more to it, but wow, that's the part that I remember. I'm glad I didn't see that one because that's 
Well, if you're listening to this, you better fucking Google it because it's good. And by good, I mean bad. <laughs> so that that's an example of a, a stress threshold that has been coddled. Yes. Coddled by parents and never been allowed to challenge themselves in anything. Yep. Wow. I'm surprised I even went out and got a job. I mean, yeah, that's, that's yeah. a little bit of credit there. Well, I feel like, I feel like Starbucks, well, Starbucks is stressful, right? Like you see those people, there's six of them in a f- 10 foot square area and they're all moving in different directions, doing something. And the busy Starbucks are fucking busy, right? But there's something emotionally because they're, they have shopped at Starbucks their whole life. It's like they're, it's almost like it's a safe space to be at Starbucks. And then they get to, they're like, to work I'm going to get this job at Starbucks, right? Because they're like, oh. it's, it's like the cool, like trendy safe space place and then they get there and they're like whoa this is fucking not the same that's work <laughs> fucking real work yeah, man you're not going to read a book yeah holy crap so i mean stress threshold when when dealing with uh mid-level stress and even chronic stress is you know what you have to realize i mean jacko says this a lot about you know dealing with stress is uh um, you can only control what you can control. And it's a saying that I think everybody uses it. Chaco just launches a lot of uh, speeches on it. So, you know, how do you raise your stress threshold? And I think we can probably think of a million ways. I mean, physically, it's very easy, right? So I know there's a big thing probably going on the internet. I know with Huberman and those guys is all about cold baths, right? So cold baths or even cold showers is is different. It, it does a lot of things physiologically to you. Um, um, it elicits, um, adrenal response, which is what you want when basically your body goes through stress response, right? It's like if you're in the middle of a firefight or people can't relate to firefight, uh, if you're road rage, I don't know if that's positive. Uh, stress oh, we're response. talking about positive. Okay, sorry. Yeah, you don't want to like all oh, have an adrenaline we spike. About, get out of we your car about, and beat I the shit we were out. Just talking about adrenaline. <laughs> sorry, my bad. in a positive way, so you're not kicking the shit out of somebody. Yeah, we don't want our listeners to go out and kick the shit out of everybody. A competition, a physical competition. Yeah, physical of some competition. Sort. Yeah, of some sort, or or let's say you know your, gosh. Let's say your husband's working underneath the car and boom, the jack goes down. All of a sudden, it's this adrenaline spike. You grab the car, lift it up, and boom, miraculous. Gets out. You heard those stories, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I don't know how well I believe them. I'm dying. My wife's strong, but if I've, if the jack falls over, I'm dying. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Detour. Those related stories Detour. are somewhere. All I can think of when I think of some big bitch <laughs> lifting a car off me, all I can think of is that is that woman... Who's like, I don't want to be strong like a girl. I want to be strong like a bitch who fight better than woods. She's yeah. like some fucking giant Russian lady. Yeah, or like some dude that fights off a bear or the, the funny one where I see the dude go walks up to a kangaroo, saves his dog, and punches, punches him. Punches the kangaroo right in his fucking walk, mouth. Walks away. Just jacks him right <laughs> in his fucking mouth. And, and that's the adrenaline, but, you know, how do you, it, it's like uh, we talked about earlier, you know, before we got set up is, you know, uh, like jujitsu. Um, you know, it's it's... Stuff that even like Byron Rogers, you know, trains in in the protection side is how do you train yourself so that you're, you can raise your stress threshold level. And in the military, a lot of people like to call it stress inoculation. And I know people don't understand what that is because now with what's on the news, which has kind of pissed me off recently, is uh, all these people that are saying, oh, you shouldn't be, uh, um, you know, there's, you know, technical word for it, but basically it's 
it's tear gas training, right? Well, I mean, if you really think about it common sense wise, yeah, sure. It's not fun, but no. I sure as hell don't want to be going through that. The first time. Live time. Yeah. In battle. Yeah. The first time in your, your life depends on whether you can fucking operate in it or not. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what are all these feelings I'm feeling? Yeah. And all these people that are complaining about it. it have nothing to do with it they have no stake in it oh. they sound like uh what you just did with the uh the starbucks person it's like uh, why are you why are you even trying to offer this explanation the this training is being done so that people are ready when it comes live time they're that stress response is being trained so that when they get in the battlefield it's not going to basically they're not going to lose their lives this 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 issue that you're talking about, which I saw happen, I saw I saw play out. This is this is the negative. This is the negative evil of social media because a story like that would never have made it on to realistic any sort of realistic news because they would read it and be like, "Oh, this is fucking stupid," right? Like there's 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 a plethora, there's a a, a barrier to entry in real news, yeah. and some of it's really shitty. It's stupid, but there's at least a barrier to entry. Whereas, like, the problem with social media is any dumb fuck with a keyboard can say something. And if enough other dumb fucks that also have keyboards repost it, then all of a sudden it's a news story. Well. You know? So the, so you're saying, so this all came about because you got a bunch of SJWs. Because, I mean, I, I heard some of the responses. I mean, I, it was such bullshit that I was like, I mean, I'm not so when waste you, my time when you reading come, it. When you come across something like that, you have to remember that there was a legit flat earth movement. And when, when you realize that there was a legitimate amount of people that were dumb enough to support a flat earth movement, then you go, oh, all right, I get it. There's fucking dipshits out there. Yeah, but aren't a flat earth movement people by now know that there's all these a like... A certain amount of them these... are not. Google flat or uh, put flat earth into YouTube and look at the amount of views that some of these videos have. So, no, there's not. But they're giving people rides into just below orbit yeah but it's just it's a pie it's just a pie it's a pie flat it's a flat piece of pizza trust me dude this it's stupid dude. what i'm saying is is you have to use that as an example to realize that there's enough gullible dumb fucking oh. people out there all right okay i guess so so going back to the military it's people call it stress inoculation i mean really what it is is when you get people into whether it's basic training, whether it's a special forces qualification training, it's to get all the bad habits that you've learned as a child, the bad habits of being comfortable, doing comfortable things that you feel confident in, is basically to break people down to a point where you're back to Lego one or square one, you know, point zero where you can be retrained again person getting rid of all those bad habits so it, what you call stress inoculation is really what's called you know disassociating the mental response to what's going on with your body so separating the mind from the body and what it comes back to is what we talked about you know eons ago how many podcasts ago called the 40 percent rule because if your mind and body are connected and your mind is telling you, oh, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit, you're, you're, most people are at 40%. So in order to push beyond that, what, you know, what we do in the military is you have to disassociate that. It means like, like you talked about, you know, hitting a spin bike at like a million miles an hour. And when people get stressed out, what happens? Uh, what is it, your pupils dilate? 
Yeah. Because you go into what's called tunnel vision, right? Yep. Because, like, for me, that would be running because I hate running. Because all of a sudden you start going into tunnel vision when you hit that, that first four tenths of a mile trying to get your breathing down. Your body is starting to stress. I'm heating up and I'm about ready to go into breathing through my mouth. I'm like, oh shit. That's when I start panicking. All of a sudden, that's when you got to start. I got to get more action through my nose. Okay. Get a rhythm with my, you know, running. I hate running, by the way. And yeah, all I'm going to go ahead and say I've never seen you do it ever. Ever, ever. I don't ask, even know ask my you know. neighbors. They've seen me do it. I don't even know it. if you know how. <laughs> my neighbors have seen me do it with a full vest on, unfortunately. But just, you know, to put some plausibility in there. But you get to a point where when you disassociate the mind and body, it's like, it's like running. You start getting away from that tunnel vision that just gets tunnel, 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 tunnel because all the stresses basically are starting to suffocate you. Um, and you stop thinking about that and you start basically your body starts working at this high performance state where it's able to run and you start basically from tunnel vision, you start seeing everything panoramically, your heart rate starts going down, your breathing starts getting in a rhythm. It's whether you're biking, you're running, it doesn't matter, but that's where you start disassociating your mind from body and realizing that, Hey, guess what? I'm, I'm past that 40%. And now my body can hit that peak peak stress response level so so that's i guess the best way i can explain it um relax the mind while the body is activated and the more we do that the better at it we get yes just like the what we talk about in jujitsu it's like practicing something a thousand times to get the muscle memory you gotta you gotta keep doing it um what does huberman talk about it's if you try to elicit a stress response to get in practice you have to do it at least once a week. So if you're going to do a cold bath, you do a cold bath for like uh, what they say when you start, you do it for 10 minutes a week, you know, like three minutes at a time. So three, four sessions or sometimes there's, you can get to a point where you can go 10, 15 minutes in there. Yeah. That's when you become cold adapted, which is good, but also bad. Cold adapted because then all of a sudden your body gets used to being cold and you're not getting as much of the of the response stress responses. So whatever, it's everything is balanced. No, right. That was a squirrel. Um, I'm gonna hit on seasonal depression really quick and then we'll tie up with anxiety because we're already 48 minutes in and seasonal depression. I can basically fucking hit with you know five minutes. Um, seasonal depression, seasonal defective store affective disorder, um, comes from most people around fall time and. Uh, starts to clear up towards spring. Uh, part of it is an evolutionary response to the changes in the season, the changes in the temperature, the changes in the amount of daylight that we have. Um, your body slows down. You pack on some pounds because it's winter. These are all, these are all things that happen. Um, now, because we are in the current times, we don't necessarily need these responses, but we don't evolve out of physiological responses in a hundred years. It takes a thousand years to evolve out of a physiological response like this. These are for the winter states, right? Um, it depends. You can have seasonal affective disorder in more summer states because your, your days are still shorter. It still cools compared to what you're used to. It's just not going to be nearly as extreme. It's like the Alaska state as like the Alaska state or even here. Right. Because really, you know, we get to a pretty short amount of light for the day. By the time you work, you're in, you know, the amount of light that you actually see for people that work a normal job is a little bit, maybe on the way to work and a little bit, maybe on the way to home. It's not like we get very much light. Oh yeah. So 
first off, have your vitamin D levels checked. Vitamin D is a hormone. Um, it's a vitamin, but it's really a hormone as it hits our body. And if your vitamin D levels are low or even part, you know, minorly low, what do they call that? Uh, insufficient, right? Or just right around the sufficient levels, you can't, your body can't create as many other hormones. It can't create as many of the positive hormones if you don't have enough vitamin D. So have your vitamin D levels checked. Honestly, realistically, for the winter months, taking a vitamin D supplement, just taking it is fine. Like you, you're not going to get too much vitamin D. You're not going to overdose on vitamin D. So taking a vitamin D supplement is fine. Um, and then some sort of light therapy, whether it be um, some sort of a of a of an a natural light that you get throughout the day, some sort of a red light therapy that you get in the morning. You want to keep your circadian rhythm positive, so you don't want to be like giving yourself bright blue light at nine o'clock at night when you're trying to go to sleep, but like bright blue light at six in the morning when you're ready to get up could be a positive thing. If you have one of those one of those mood lights that's in your bathroom and flick it on while you're getting ready, um, basically this is going to kind of mimic. It's going to trick your body into thinking that that it's not necessarily winter. And then one of the biggest things that comes with with balancing circadian rhythm, and this is a great hack for people that get jet lag. A hard workout will completely reset your circadian rhythm. So if you fly somewhere and you, and you know that you're going to have pretty bad jet lag because you flew you know, across multiple time zones, if you get in a really intense workout, it almost completely resets your circadian rhythm. So these are all things that, and if, you, if you're not sure if you have seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression, um, you kind of look at yourself. Are you eating too much? Are you sleeping in? Are you snoozing the alarm five times versus in the summer you don't snooze it or you snooze it once? Um, are you putting on some weight? Are you kind of, you know, are you more lethargic than average, right? Then you, you could be having these things. So just take some some active steps to try to counteract it. And that's really what seasonal affective disorder comes into. So, yeah, that was one I, I knew I could kind of square up really quickly because you don't want it to get to a point where it's actually causing you social issues. You know, you're not wanting to go out. Your friends don't know who the fuck you are anymore. You're yeah. not wanting to see anybody. You're not making it to the gym because you're fucking stressed. You don't want to get, you don't want it to get to that point. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's related to long-term uh, chronic. If you have it every season. Yep. So, um, so we talked a lot about a uh, physical dealing with stress physically. Yes. And, you know, we're squared away. So it's, we're talking about dealing with stress, you know, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, right? Yep. So mentally, it's, you know, real quick, we, we go back to, you know, being mindful. Um, like showing gratitude is a huge tool against, you know, anxiety and stress. I mean, the more you're grateful for things, the more you're able to deal with stress or things aren't going to stress you out. Agreed. Gratitude practice. One thing that I wanted to hit earlier when you said it, um, and this one has been a big teaching for me from Stoic philosophy, is... If I can't primarily affect the outcome, I can't let it stress me out. Right. So if it's something that, that I can't primarily affect, if it is, you know, whether, whether my grandma is, is going gonna, is gonna to pass away from this current disease she has, whether it is, you know, is my boss going to have another, you know, depressive mode where I have to deal with his emotional baggage for the next week. Like these are all things that can cause you stress, but I have no, I have no ability to affect these things. So I can't let them stress me out. Yeah. I can, stress is only a positive thing if, if it's, if it's towards things that I can actively change. Right. So yeah. like, for example, with the, with the boss thing, right. 
could I could I make sure that all my T's and I's are are dotted and crossed to make sure that he doesn't have any issues to be a fucking cunt towards me, right? Like these are things, yes, hundred percent. That's something I can do. Or is my grandma, you know, is there? Do I need to make sure that my grandma's getting to her appointments and somebody is with her to make sure that they understand what she is, what is she doing? Well, yes. Then I can then I can have effect on that. That part of it can stress me. I I can use that stress positively to improve a situation. But I can't just stress about shit that I have nothing to do with. Right. It's it comes down to what controlling what you can control, right? Yep. And be able to delineate that. Um, you know, and it goes back to like spiritually, you know, you can pray, you can meditate. Um, if you, you know, on a Christian side, you can pray and meditate on the word. And from a Bible verse standpoint, I mean, it's a, you know, Matthew 6, 25 through 34 talks all about stress and worry. So, and it comes down to common sense. It's like, uh, verse 27 talks about, you know, can one of any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? know is worrying going to change the situation yeah, that's exactly what i just said yeah exactly yeah to see how everything is God, you can, I mean, everything you can is tied me, together you can call me jesus if you want to but i won't usually answer it to it oh no uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll call you you're like the representative <laughs> of a, a yeti's asshole but you know <laughs> well, i shaved my beard i don't look like a yeti's asshole anymore yes you are looking a little thinner right now yeah so. i'd look young and thin i don't like it <laughs> so anyway so going back to spiritually you know, that's, that's a lot of uh, how Christians do it is there's a whole lot of verses about stress. Um, but ultimately, it, it comes down to if you're going to live your life comfortably, and this goes back to all of our podcasts, you know, you, it's like if something doesn't move, it, it gathers moss, right? What's that saying? A rolling stone never gathers moss or something like that. That sounds right. So it's, it's something that even... Uh, Gosh, man, I was talking with somebody this past week. If if you don't use something, it's going to go away. It's going to wither. It's going to atrophy. It's going to disintegrate. So you have to stress threshold is works the same way. So if this is a new term to you, what a stress threshold is, if you never work on it, and the term that I have written is, is the drama mamas, you know, just like what you what you showed with the that was it a dude. For the Starbucks thing? Yeah, it was totally a dude. It was a dude? Okay. Sound like a chick, but sorry. Nothing against chicks. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're kind of the same sound, now. Sound they're kind of the chickly. same now in that young generation. I guess so. So, you know, if you stay within that comfort box, guess what? Your threshold is going to get so low that, you know, you. we just got past Thanksgiving for you people that have gotten together with their families and... Um, there's always the drama mamas, right? Every little thing to them is full-blown drama and full-blown stress where to some of you is like, you're looking at it, it's like, what the hell is that? It's kind of like the same for, you know, folks that have been through trauma in their life. You know, when you get with people that don't, haven't been through trauma, a lot of times there's not that understanding. And some of the things that they think are stressful to you maybe are, are nothing because your stress threshold is, is so much higher. You're always going to have stress. It's just, is your stress realistic? Is your stress um, at a level that is uh, beneficial or, or, or positive to your life? Or is your stress threshold so low that you're being stressed out by things like who is going to be the fucking bachelor pick or something ridiculous like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like you don't get rid of stress. Right. Because it's, you know, when... You know, a lot of people that know it's when you talk about stress is like, hey, guess what? It's stress is defined as life happens. 
You're going to run into stress no matter what. There's no way you're going to bubble yourself to avoid stress in life. It's, it's how it is. And you have to figure out a way to spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally exercise yourself so that you can push that threshold higher so that, guess what, you're not so bogged down by these little things in your life that happen. You know, guess what? Unfortunately, people pass away. And there's a time of grieving, but then there's a time to celebrate their life, and then there's a time to move on. I know people that are still grieving years and years and years and years later and are just paralyzed by it, and they can't move on with life. And at some point, it's, you have to commemorate. That's what those people would want. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is what they would want. I know a friend of ours, I've always talked to him about opening a celebration of life funeral home. Like it's it's a party, right? Like it's a funeral, but it's a party. It's not a stuffy funeral home. It's a it's an enjoyment. It's an enjoyable place to be. It's the you know, it's the Irish wake, like they call it. Like, yeah, if I pass, I'm like, yeah, I want my kids to. Hey, I want you to live life to the fullest. You know, hey, remember me for like some of the good things I did and maybe do something in honor. But. And you tell know, some funny jokes about me. I've probably done some really stupid shit in my life. Like, yeah. let's, re- let's remind everybody about the the hilariousness oh, yeah. that was me. Yeah. Let me put a smile on your face. But you know what? Go out there and enjoy life to the fullest because that's what I'd want. I don't want people to sit there in a corner and not do anything because, you know, they're just so depressed that I'm not there. Yeah. And I think that's the feeling for most people. Um, We're going to have to apologize and push anxiety. To another episode, we'll we'll basket it in with with something else and and put it maybe on the next episode. Um, but we're at fifty nine minutes, so there's no fucking way I can break down. Like anxiety. I couldn't get through the first paragraph of my notes on anxiety <laughs> in the next two minutes. So, um, it you're you're gonna have to be anxious for the next episode. Oh boy, <laughs> but, drum roll. But I really think that that you guys, we've given you some good triggers. Remember uh, to wrap everything up. As far as the quick seasonal affective disorder, get your vitamin D checked or just take a vitamin D, you know, 5,000 IUs of vitamin D, 5 to 10,000. Um, get in some sort of light therapy, you know, make sure that you're getting enough sunlight, you're getting enough, you know, red light, you're getting enough um, daylight as, as much as you can possibly. And then get some fucking workouts in, you know, get, get some hard ass workouts in, not these like lackadaisical lollygagging, like I'm talking, I'm talking these, these hard, you know, mind-killing, body-busting, cathartic-release workouts in, and they don't need to be all the time. You're not going to have one of those all the time, but get one in once in a while. Um, And then as far as stress, the chronic stress, the medium-term stress, those are all external factors. Those are things that you need to try to engineer yourself out of. If it's a spouse or, God forbid, it's a child that you have an issue with um, because you can't get a child out of your life. Like They are your child. You are responsible for them. if it's a job, maybe looking for another job or trying to fix the problem that is at your job, you know, whether it's a boss or a coworker, or what, whatever is causing you chronic stress, let's fix that shit because that's, that's what's going to kill you. Chronic stress will yeah. fucking kill you. Um, but as far as the acute stress comes in, then we go back to the, the hammer analogy. You know, let's learn to harness that stress when we need it and let's learn to calm that stress down when we don't between the two different breathing techniques. Um, between the elevating the heart rate and slowing the heart rate down. Let's just learn to be able to harness these things because the type of people that can do that are the type of people that become world beaters. Yeah. Train yourself to get beyond that 40%.
Yeah, and don't cry online. If you fucking have a hard day at Starbucks and you're crying, don't post that shit or I'm going to make fun of you. Yeah, don't post a crying <laughs> after working eight hours. I'm going to have to look at this shit, too. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace out.